Hey, hey, everyone, and welcome back to Marlin's Corner. Very excited to have you all back here today. Big shout out to the crew. Uh, lots of people finding you on Instagram. Definitely happy to see that. You can always find me on Instagram or any social media at Marlin's Corner. Just look for a really cool black ninja leaning up against a saber-toothed uh, skeleton. Uh, but for this week's uh, Marlin's Corner, we're going to go over uh, the big three that we found this weekend leading into 4th of July, Monsters, America, and Trucks. Uh, so hopefully you're ready for that strap in. This is going to be an interesting ride. There were a lot of interesting things on Netflix this week that I just had to dive into. First things first, let's talk about Godzilla Singular Point. What a title. So this is a Japanese anime television series co-produced by the animation studio Bones and Orange. This is licensed by Netflix and directed by Atushi Takashi. Now, uh, this takes place in the year 2030. Uh, some young folks are brought together by a mysterious song, uh, and they have to fight against an unimaginable force that may spell doom for the world, i.e. Godzilla and other kaiju. Now, this is about 13 episodes, uh, 25 minutes of pop. And just as a heads up, spoiler alert, Godzilla is in one of these episodes. <laughs> I repeat, Godzilla is in one of these episodes, maybe two if I'm being generous, but literally he's in one. Uh, he's in the last episode. The real and true star of the show is Jet Jaguar. Uh, he's this metal mech fighting Gundam uh, thing. Uh, and it's kind of a huge throwback to the OG Godzilla series about 50 years ago when they used to be in the costumes punching each other. So this is a throwback to Jet Jaguar back in 1972. I think he was a fan-created submission. So this show was mostly just to show you, hey, look, it's Jet Jaguar. If you're a true kaiju fan or a true fan of these OG Godzilla movies, that's kind of what this is all about. Um, there, are, there are other kaiju in this, Rodan and the like. Um, it's really interesting. This anime decided to go with CG with 2D as well. All the human characters are in 2D animation, whereas all the kaiju are in this CG animation, which kind of gives them this. I mean, I, I think they were going for a, oh, look, it looked kind of fake. Because generally, when you watch the OG uh, Godzillas, they kind of all look a little fake. They kind of all kind of stand out a bit. But it's a very mixed uh, type of style they're going with. It, it's uh, it's kind of slow in parts. They definitely go on about all these new science that they've discovered to uh, bring back the kaiju and these waves that are going through us. So it's very much... Um, a love letter to uh, the kaiju films, as well as any sci-fi films you might be a buff of from way back in the day. Very uh, tinfoil hat-like. But if you're looking for just something that's really tongue-in-cheek, really random, that takes all... It, it's almost like I would call it uh, a step up from like a slice of life type anime. It's really interesting the way they try to do things. You have characters that are really into building a, a mix, as well as characters that are really into discovering um, 
where these creatures come from. So if you're interested in being a part of this, definitely check out Godzilla's Singular Point. Uh, you'll be talking about this for a minute. I'm not going to spoil it for you because I think this is the one show where I'm like, you got to see it to believe it. The way they do, the, the way their show is structured is is wild. So please check it out. It's on Netflix, Godzilla's Singular Point. It's only 13 episodes long. So just, you know, give it a watch. Give it a gander. Who knows? You may even uh, come out liking it or maybe you'll come at me Maybe you'll come out like me and be like, you know what? That was uh, that was entertainment only because I get to describe it to someone. And they were like, what is that show? So check it out. Next up, we're going to talk about America, the motion picture. Now, if you were like me, you saw the commercial for this and you were like, what is this nonsense? Uh, it's brought to you by the folks from Archer. Um, specifically, the director of this is Matt Thompson. He's, he's best known for... Um, Archer, as well as uh, C-Lab 2021. So you kind of know what you're getting into. It's very tongue-in-cheek. Now, the writer is where I was very surprised by. The writer is Dave Callahan, and some things that are uh, a part of his whole thing are Wonder Woman 84, Mortal Kombat, and the new Shang-Chi. So that's kind of in his writer's belt. You, you, you got a couple of misses in there, but then you got Shang-Chi. It's not out yet. So who knows? Maybe we'll come to like it. It's going to be interesting. Now, what this movie boasts uh, in plot, not so much, but what they do boast is uh, the actors that are attached to it. you got Channing Tatum as George Washington, Jason Manzukis as Sam Adams, Olivia Munn as Thomas Edison, and this version is, is, is a, a woman. you got Bobby Moynihan as Paul Revere, Judy Greer as Martha Washington, Will Forte as Abe Lincoln, Raul Trujillo as Geronimo, Killer Mike as John Henry, Simon Pegg as King James, and Andy Samberg as Benedict Arnold. Now, the one thing you'll probably notice is I dropped a lot of Saturday Night Live uh, actors in there. And this definitely felt like this could have been an SNL sketch that was probably not pursued for the live show. It's wild, y'all. The plot of the show is a chainsaw-wielding George Washington teams up with beer-loving bro Sam Adams to take down the Brits in a tongue-in-cheek riff on the American Revolution. Now, y'all, this was basically a Comedy Central movie. Like, this, everything was just over the top. It's the kind of film where you are better off turning off your brain and just letting it play. And if you are someone who wants to indulge in drugs or alcohol, hey, that's probably going to make it come down a little bit easier for you. It's, it's going to be an easier ride. The best way I can describe the things that are in this film um, is to use another Saturday Night Live character, Stefan. Basically, it'd be like if Stefan was at the weekend update and someone asked him, Stefan, what's the hottest movie? And he replied, the hottest movie is America. It's got everything. Boobs, fast horses, werewolf, giant British tea bags, and a ton of movie references. This film has everything. And by everything, I mean that's way too much. Uh, they talk about every film. There's a Fast and Furious reference. Um, there's a Werewolf in London reference. There's a Magic Mike reference. There's a RoboCop reference. There's a Lord of the Ring reference. They go above and beyond to really show you what this big budget film could look like. And even at a certain point in the film tell you, hey, we're not going to show you this scene because we have a big fight scene in 30 minutes. That's, that was 
literally someone's dialogue of like, hey, I could show you this, but we got a 30 minute fight scene that's going to be super big and super long. And we got to kind of wait till then. Jason Manzoukas as Sam Adams is like the super beer bro. He runs a frat house with a couple of other colonial frat bros. He they, <laughs> they attribute Sam Adams as creating Sam Adams beer. Uh, and that's kind of that's really what this film is all about is attributing wrongly uh, a lot of the creations to certain people. So at some point, Judy Greer as Martha Washington credits George Washington as being the creator of peanut butter. And he's like, yeah, I created peanut butter. They also uh, attribute him to being the first guitar soloist. They mix technology here and there. And at some point, someone has a, an electric guitar and someone says that you practice that line in the car. And he goes, what's a car? But a minute ago, they were talking about cell phones. It's it's just a lot of randomness that doesn't really follow its own rules. Will Forte is Abe Lincoln, but apparently in this point in time, Abe Lincoln and George Washington are best friends who coexist together uh, in the same universe and are just like friendly and everything. And they're like best buds and Benedict Arnold's are like third tier buddy. But Benedict Arnold turns out to be a Benedict Arnold. Uh, and it also turns out that he's a werewolf somehow. And he starts, he murders uh, the, the the entire room full of people who are signing the Declaration of Independence. They're all murdered. Uh, he murders Abraham Lincoln in the theater. But it turns out that John Wilkes Booth is just... Uh, is just a concession host who's selling like knickknacks in the theater. So there's a lot of liberties they took here. It's 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 ridiculous. I love how Killer Mike is in this, and Killer Mike has several of his songs that are pretty much a part of this whole film. Uh, he plays John Henry the blacksmith, and at some point he's tasked with making a silver bullet to kill Benedict Arnold, but then he takes a break and goes to a strip club right next door and <laughs> just kind of taking out like what's happening here this is there's so many random things uh, I, there's so many things to list i can't even think of them all olivia munn is thomas edison but this thomas edison is almost like tony stark because she creates these gauntlets and these jet boots and they're just flying around just shocking people in weird ways and there's this whole weird dialogue where jason Manzuka's sm adams looks at her and says what's wrong with your skin uh because he's like of course calling to reference like oh you're you're asian but i've never seen asian before it, it was just there's just a lot of liberties with this film it was just it was over the top it's wild at a certain point they also say that this sam adams is also so Uncle Sam, because Channing Tatum as George Washington makes Sam his godfather of his son. And it's just at a certain point, there's like historical references to uh, Harriet Tubman and Gigi Ping. There are just characters that exist in this universe that don't all live uh, together at all. I think probably the most realistic thing about this movie came at the very end where <laughs> they are doing this big speech um, at the newly constructed Washington Monument and Lincoln Monument, which apparently they built in 1776. They're having a big speech. Um, mind you, a few minutes earlier, George Washington went to a Yall Mart and purchased something like 487 AR-15s and handed them out to all the revolutionaries and told them that, hey, you all need to hand these back to me because these are kind of dangerous. And at the very end of the film, there's this huge argument about, great, the Native Americans were promised if we join this fight that we would get our land back. Uh, the slaves were promised they'd be free. At a certain point, 
as George Washington is speaking, someone says, what about your slaves? Are you going to free them? And he's like, well, um, it's complicated now. And then, of course, you have white folks who are like, hey, I feel threatened that there are all these brown people around us. And at some point, it all like goes to shit because someone, a random white colonialist shoots a <laughs> shoots a Native American and he's like, oh, you shot me in the back. And then it's like, oh, they always do that. And then it just goes into straight chaos. You have the, the they're of course playing on the, the rednecks that are a, a part of the group that are trying to fight for their heritage. At a certain point, there's a, there's a same sex colonial man and a man sitting next to each other who are saying, what about us and our rights? And a nun hits them across the face and says there's sinners and the one that gets hit across the faces. I hope we have a, a comprehensible uh, healthcare plan. And at a certain point, amongst all this chaos, it like does a smash cut to George Washington. And he just says, oh, we're going to fuck this up. And that to me was, I think, the summation of the true America that I think was fantastic. Great. We're going to fuck all this up. This plan is just, yes, we have these great plans and these great goals, but we as a people are absolutely going to ruin this plan amongst each other. So that I think was probably the truest form of, of dialogue in the film. I am in no means recommending this, but if you are someone that enjoys truly awful dialogue. I mean, the, the dialogue is not great, uh, but if you're someone that just likes watching nonsense and wants to talk about this with a friend, like, hey, I watched this nonsense. Hey, give it a watch. You might uh, enjoy it. Otherwise, hey, keep it, uh, keep it on your scrolling list on Netflix. And lastly, we're going to talk about Netflix's The Ice Road. All right, y'all. This film, this, this was a film. Now, I'm going to describe to you, I'm going to tell you who the director and writer is, and this should be a dead giveaway uh, as to what type of movie this is. Now, the director and writer are Jonathan Hensley, best known for the movie Armageddon. He was a writer for Armageddon. Now, the actors in this film, top build, are Liam Neeson, Lawrence Fishburne, and Benjamin Walker. The whole point of this film is to save a team of miners trapped underground, a down-on-his-luck ice road trucker joins a mission across treacherous terrain to deliver rescue equipment. Now, everyone, this is Armageddon, okay? This film is just Armageddon. He just read it Armageddon. But this time, there are trucks instead of spaceships, and it's a mine instead of an asteroid. Everything about this film just breeze Armageddon. Like, it starts the exact same way. There's an emergency that happens at a location, and they make a call, like, who can we call in to help us? It's like, well, I know a guy. And then they go on these, like, little missions to find each individual member and bring the team together and then set out on the mission to, to, to like, solve it. And then, of course, on the way, you know, there's betrayal, but eventually they get they like they, they they solve it and one person like sacrifices themselves and the whole mission uh is is successful. I'm gonna spoil this movie for you because again this movie is not that great, but I just have to describe to you how wild this film is. Now I do not know how much Lawrence Fishburne was paid, but he was in this film for less than 15 minutes. Like, it might have been 10 minutes on the dot. But his character is the go-to character. His character is the one that the company calls on to create and make the team. 
And on their first day on the job, their first day driving these trucks across the ice to, to, to go and get them to the mine, to, to save the miners that are trapped, on their first day, y'all, not only does his truck break down and he has to fix it, he gets out of his vehicle and they're trying to like pull his truck out. So he's like getting some like ropes and stuff. He somehow accidentally wraps the rope around his own foot and attaches it to the truck in front of him. So when his truck starts going down in the ice behind him, his entire leg is just trapped in the rope and he starts going under the ice and he just tells the character, just cut me cut me, let me loose, let me go. And then they cut him and then he just, he's just gone. His character is dead. It's over. He's in the, he's in the ice. No, there's no saving him. Donezo, end of Lawrence Fishburne. He's out of the movie for the entire runtime. I don't understand it. I do not understand it. And it makes sense, one, why he was not on the main picture. The main picture is Liam Neeson. And two, in the credits, when the movie started, they're like they're listing all the names, and I'm sitting there wondering, where's Lawrence Fishburne's name? At the very end of all the opening scroll, it's like, and Lawrence Fishburne. I'm like, oh, that's why his name was last, because he dies first. It was ridiculous, y'all. It was ridiculous. But guess what? It keeps going. It just keeps going. Liam Neeson is playing a character uh, where he has a brother who's a veteran. Uh, and as a veteran, uh, he was in uh, Afghanistan, I believe, and he came back with PTSD and a few other um, disorders. And Lee Neeson at a certain point, uh, it, it gives you very much a of mice and men vibe, him and his brother, where his, his brother has a hard time speaking, has a, has a hard time understanding things. And he's just like, trying to be there, trying to support him. At a certain point, he brings his brother to the VA hospital and is like, I'm going to get you support, get you some help. I'm getting older. I can't always watch you. And so I'm going to find someone who can help you. Great. I love it. Supportive. I'm like, cool. This is going to be a real good take on, you know, positive um, treatment for mental health issues. I love it. And at a certain point, you think that. But then the movie decides, you know what? We're not going to do that. We're going to go full left field and do something else entirely with it. Liam Neeson returns and they, and he finds out that they are giving his brother uh, drugs without informing him and basically trying to um, pres- pres- prescribe him medication for his condition. And the dialogue that they have is like, hey, he needs these prescriptions. He has these disorders. And without them, he's, you know, he's not going to really function very well. And Liam Neeson, mind you, brought this person, brought his brother here for these things. He's like, no, you're going to drug him up and we're getting out of here. And he throws away his medication and they leave the hospital. And I was like, y'all, this could have been a much better scene. And what's worse is that his brother dies in this film. His brother fully gets crushed by a truck up against a fence trying to save the day. He sacrifices himself uh, almost Hodor-like because he has to close this <laughs> he has to close this gate. And I couldn't help but think to myself, hold the door. Because <laughs> at a certain point, someone's like, hey, the truck's rolling backwards. Someone closed that gate. And his brother runs out there. His brother's name is Gertie. He runs out there and he closes this gate. And somehow, everyone, somehow, as he's closing this gate, his foot gets stuck underneath the gate. And I do, I get, this is very similar to Lawrence Fishburne dying. It's like, how did your foot get caught in that? 
How did that happen? And he's just back there and he can't get his foot out. He can't get his foot out, but he can close that gate. And he's, 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 he's going to keep it closed, though. And he gets crushed by a truck. And that's just how he dies. That's pretty much it. And, and I think what's wilder is that, like, yes, he gets crushed, but, like, it happens so fast and she was able to pull away that you would think, cool, like, maybe he's just hurt. But, no, they go forward with the film. Uh, at a certain point, they get to the, 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 the mine location and a guy and, like, a whole medical crew comes up and they're, like, get a gurney. And Lee Leeson's, like, just for one. And it's, like, why? Like, oh, because his brother's just dead dead. Like, he could be resuscitated. He got crushed a little bit. What about, what about that? But no, written out, he's done. End of the day for that character, he's dead. He could have been in the hospital getting support, getting cared for, but nah, 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 nah. He, he came on this mission and got fully crushed. Way to go. Way to go. Now, Lee Neeson also was a terrible character in this film completely. At a certain point, there is this young woman who is there. When Lauren Fishburne character uh, dies, they're trying to figure out what happened to his truck uh, because, hey, he's a seasoned truck driver. There's no way his truck would have stopped. I guess he wasn't seasoned enough to not know that, uh, hey, you shouldn't wrap your foot around a rope, but I digress. But they're like, oh, someone, sh- someone must have done it. Now, on this mission, there are... Liam Neeson and his brother, Lawrence Fishburne, a woman named Tantu, and someone that the company that they're being paid for sent to go with them. Now, everyone, we've all seen movies. We always know when the company sends someone to go with you, that person is nine times out of ten the bad guy. And so when when Lauren Fishburne's character goes under and he dies, Liam Neeson and um, Benjamin Walker having a discussion about like, oh, maybe it was the girl. She she had a, a fight with this man a whole three years ago. Maybe she didn't like him. So from that argument, from that one connection, they roll up on this woman and are like, grilling her about how she could have potentially murdered this guy. And of course she's now on edge and edgy because there are just two dudes who are just running up on her. She doesn't know either one of them. She doesn't know any of these men at all. She only knew Lawrence Fishburne. Now she's these two random adult men yelling at her that she could have been the cause of it. So of course she pulls out her weapon and like, yo, back up, leave me alone. Liam Neeson's brother Gertie comes in and like disarms her. And now they tie her to a truck and they're trying to figure out what's going on. And of course, while they're doing that, it's Benjamin Walker, who's a bad guy. And he like tries to murder the other two by locking them in a truck and driving away because he's the ultimate bad guy. And the thing is, folks, once Benjamin Walker turns a bad guy, he turns into the Terminator 2 of bad guys. Um, throughout the film, he is capable of just teleporting wherever he needs to. And it is just ridiculous. At a certain point, they, like, when Lee Beeson finally gets wind that he's a bad guy and they're, like, trying to come after him and the girl that he's kidnapped, they get to where they are and, like, you, of course, find out that the company hired Benjamin Walker's character to show that, oh, we tried to get the trucks here, but, oh, no, we couldn't get them there, so the miners are going to die, but, hey, it doesn't affect our bottom dollar because it looks like we tried, so they'll die, but we'll keep digging. Once we get to, 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 to that point and they're trying to knock the woman's truck off the, the this like hillside to be like, great, she has like the last piece of this equipment. If she goes down the hill, it'll look like an accident and we'll be good to go. Leeson gets there. The the Benjamin Walker gets out of his car. He's 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 trying to like 
keep her in that location so they can drop her off the hill, but also so they can run out the clock on the miners who are, you know, of course, suffocating under underground. Um, you see that Liam guns it up the hill. He sees Benjamin Walker's character. Benjamin Walker hops into a vehicle and he gets T-boned by Liam Neeson over that cliff that he was trying to knock the other truck off of. You see this truck roll down the hill, all the way down the hill. Liam Neeson and Tantu are up on the, on the topper, the upper part of this hill. Benjamin Walker gets out of his injured vehicle. He, of course, does the bad guy neck cracking thing. He gets in, he gets on top of a, uh, a, a, a snow ski, I don't know what they call it, snow ski, jet ski, a snow ski, and he somehow goes up the mountain, past Liam Neeson, past all the other characters, gets to the top of the mountain, way above them, and sets off not one, not two, but three explosions on top of this snow cap and causes an avalanche down the mountaintop to try and, and get them killed. And of course, at this point in time, Tantu gets injured through the window with a full-on tree. And now Lisa and them have to get her truck and material off and onto their truck. And they're driving away. And, you know, they're going for it. They're going for it. But, oh, no, what's happening? Benjamin Walker's character has somehow gotten into the vehicle that he fully had rained down snow on top of earlier and is now driving that vehicle and is just ramming into their vehicle over and over again. And so what happens? Liam Neeson jumps from his vehicle into that vehicle and they're fighting. He at some point kicks Benjamin Walker off of his truck. And the camera shows you that, oh, he's he's no longer on that side of the truck anymore. But what's this? He appears on the opposite side of the truck, almost as if he fully just Spider-Man crawled underneath the chassis of the full vehicles on that side now and is fighting him. And the whole film is wild, y'all. It's not great. It's really bad. The writing's really bad. They really wanted this to be almost Armageddon-like. The reviews are not kind for this film. But my God, this was not even a solid try. This man really just made Armageddon again, but on ice. Armageddon on ice is what it should have been called. It's it's really bad. It's not great. Um, it's a mess. It's a mess, and it's a miss for me. So I am surprised that they even got Liam Neeson and Lawrence Fishburne signed up for this. That is that check must have been glorious, y'all. My there must have been a lot of zeros in that check because I could not believe that they agreed to be in this. Even if you look at the at the poster for this film, it looks as if Liam Neeson's like, I guess I'm in this as well. So here we are. Netflix is really doing that spray and pray method of uh, of, of content, and uh, they 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 just sprayed on this one. This was just like a, a random shot out to the left side of things. But folks, that's been Marlon's Corner. Thank you for being a part of this ride with me. Hopefully, uh, you've made some dinner during this time. Hopefully, you've maybe put your kids to bed or maybe you even had a chance to get some yoga in for this session. I really appreciate that. Um, if you haven't, you can uh, you can follow me on Instagram, Marlon's Corner, or Facebook, Marlon's Corner. You can also follow me personally at mmwillof14 if you want to chat. Uh, otherwise, thanks for listening, for tuning in, everyone. Definitely check out one of these shows, Godzilla Singular Point, uh, and just let me know if you checked them out. Let me know if you watched them. I would love to rant back and forth with you 
If you have another Netflix show that you think I should be reviewing, please let me know. I am always down to fill my day with some fun Netflix action. But with that being said, folks, have a great day. Enjoy your 4th of July. Don't get in trouble shooting off those fireworks. And of course, please don't shoot fireworks at any power line. Be safe, be awesome. And I'll see you next time on Marlon's Corner. This episode of Marlin's Corner was produced in Richmond, California. 